You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. Over the last several weeks, eight weeks now, we've been in a series, and it's called Redefine. It's becoming people who live the way of Jesus, becoming people who live the way of Jesus. And as we've talked about this series, what we've been doing is going through the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most famous uh, scripture passages. And it's one of the most famous because Jesus preaches this sermon, telling people about who he is, telling people about what he believes, and it truly redefines the faith in that day. And it's a special, special thing, but I want you to see that what Jesus is doing is not giving us a list of rules for us to follow, right? We've talked about that, but he wants us to become like him. He wants us to become like him, and that's what he's calling us to. And we've talked over the last several weeks about how we can know Scripture and uh, we know a lot of people who know Scripture very well, right? You can ask them a question, and they can go right to it. Uh, but it's, it's important that it's beyond just head knowledge, but that God transforms our hearts. So our, it goes from our heads to our hearts to where we begin to live what we're listening to, what we're believing, what we know, that we begin to live it out, not just know about it. Because there's so many of us, so let's just be honest, that we can talk the talk, we can know about it, but God wants us to go beyond that, and he wants us to live the way of Jesus. So as we've dove into these passages over the, week, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about some of those things that Jesus wants us to become, that he wants us to be, that he wants to transform our hearts to make him more like us, and that when people look at us, they can see that there truly is something different about us. And today we're going to continue that by getting into Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to begin in verses 13 and 14. 13 and 14. But before we go there, I want to set this up a little bit by just telling you, right, Jesus is teaching this message to a group of people. Some of those are his disciples. Some of those are religious leaders of that day who are very against him. And some of those are just regular people who showed up who were interested in Jesus in that day. And what Jesus is doing is he's teaching in a way this, in this passage that he is giving people some options. And he's giving them two ways and two options in a lot of these that we're about to get into. Um, but at the beginning of the series, I gave you one of those two options. And I want to go back there and I want to re-explain that again because I want us to start there because what I talked about there at the beginning kind of defines a little bit about uh, where Jesus is wanting us to go and, and the path that he's wanting us to take. But I asked you this question, I, I, I told you this, I said, I want you to imagine that you have a lemon tree in your backyard. And uh, a lot of you looked at me funny because we live in Illinois and there's no lemon trees in our backyard, okay? So just imagine you live somewhere with an ocean, okay? Uh, everybody feeling good now? Yeah, yeah, imagining you live somewhere in an ocean. And so um, you, you live and there's a lemon tree in the backyard and it seems like every neighbor of yours has a lemon tree as well. And as lemons begin to produce and, and that kind of thing, you're excited because you love lemon. You love lemon pies. You love uh, lemon your water. You love, and you're excited for your tree to begin to produce the fruit that it's supposed to produce. Except when that time comes and everybody else's trees begin to produce good fruit, yours doesn't. And you're looking back at that tree frustrated. You're looking back at that tree waiting for it to produce. But there's a little bit of embarrassment inside of you, right? Everybody else's tree is producing fruit. Everybody else's tree looks nice, but not mine. So what do you do? You go to Walmart, you buy as many lemons as you can find, and you begin to tie those lemons to your tree, 
okay? Because you want anybody who drives by to be able to see that your tree has lemons, okay? That you're not the odd one out, that your tree is functional, it produces fruit. And so from a distance, they may not be able to see that they're tied on there, okay? And, and, so, and so you begin to do that. And, and we ask the question, how silly is that? It's pretty silly, right, to think about somebody doing that. Pretty silly to think about somebody tying lemons to a tree because they're going to have to continue to tie those on there. Those lemons, because they're not connected to the tree, are going to go bad, and they're not going to be functional. And then so again and again, you're going to have to do a lot of work to try to make this lemon tree look functional constantly. And it's going to be tiring and exhausting. And your friend over here who has the lemon tree that is actually producing fruit is going to be sitting in their backyard, partaking from their tree, drinking lemonade, while you're over there putting all the work into that tree that you're putting in, and you're not going to be able to enjoy it. So the reason I told you that story at the beginning of this is because this is exactly what we try to do as Christians. That there's times in our lives where we aren't producing the right kind of fruit, the right kind of fruit that God wants to produce from our lives. And as we see people around us that are producing that kind of fruit, we take it into our own hands. And we begin to hang fruit from our own trees to make it look like we've got the right kind of fruit. And it's exhausting. And we wear ourselves out trying to look the part, trying to talk the part, trying to act a certain way. And it's exhausting, exhausting, exhausting. And so what Jesus is wanting to do, rather than hang, you hang lemons on your tree, is he's wanting to come in and refertilize your tree and make it healthy and begin to work from the inside out so that your tree, rather than you hanging lemons on it, begins to produce fruit on its own. And suddenly you're living the way of Jesus without ever even trying. It comes out of you naturally. We say, Jesse, how do we do that? We do that by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We do that by inviting him into our lives, to asking him to be our Lord, to be our Savior, to put our trust wholly in him. And so as we get into that, those are our two options today. Our two options are to figure it out ourselves, to tire ourselves out, trying to make ourselves look good and be good and, and be moral and all those things. Or our option is to walk with Jesus and yes, there's things that we're figuring out and there's problems and there's, yes, there's still things. But as we walk with Jesus, he begins to develop things in us naturally as opposed to us trying to do it on our own. So we see today that Jesus gives, continues to give more options. So let's turn here to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 as he gives another one of those options. He says this, he says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So right off the bat, as we conclude this message, as we conclude this series that we've been on, Jesus is telling us, guys, there's two roads here. There's the narrow road and there's the wide road. And many people are on the wide road. Many people are trying to figure this thing out on their own, trying to produce their own fruit. Many people are trying to do this. But all Jesus is saying here is he's saying, guys, the road that I want you to be on is a road that leads to me. It's the road of a relationship with me. It's a, it's a road of a relationship with me. And we see later on in scripture that Jesus says, guys, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what is he saying here? 
we make it overcomplicated. We allow this passage to scare us and to think, man, I am, am I on the, the narrow road? But if you're following Jesus, you're on the narrow road. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's trying to say that in this world, that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to come along and try to give you different ways to make it to heaven, that are going to give you different ways to try to, hey, follow this path and this will lead you to the Lord too. Follow after nature, follow after so-and-so, and they'll lead you to the right place. But Jesus is saying that I am the narrow way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So when we follow the narrow path, though, what's going to begin to happen is people are going to begin to notice that there's something different about us. And that's what should happen naturally as you follow Christ, that you begin to look and act and talk like him, and that when people look at you, they can tell, wow, that person's walking a different kind of road. They're walking a different kind of path. Look at the way that they live and the way that they talk and act and the way that they treat people and the way that they love people. Look at the way that they act. We're on a different kind of road. There's a lot of people that are on all different kinds of roads, but we are on a road that produces life. We are on a road that produces good fruit. We are on a road as Christians that makes us look more and more like Jesus. So he gives us the two options here. He says, are you going to be on the wide road or are you going to be on the narrow road? The narrow road is the road that leads to me, and that's the road that I want you to be on. So right off the bat, man, we need to choose Jesus. We need to choose his path for our lives and no other path. It's not the path of good works and making sure that we volunteer enough. And yes, all those things come out of us naturally, but those aren't the things that are going to lead us to heaven. It's always Jesus. Jesus is the way. But he continues on here and it gets interesting. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So once again, we hear in this passage that he's warning us about false prophets, that he's warning us about people who are going to come and teach messages that are very different than what Jesus is teaching. And they're going to say, hey, there's many paths to heaven. And they're going to say, hey, you know, you don't even need Jesus. Just follow all the good works that he talked about and you'll make it. It's okay, just as long as you're a good person. And Jesus is saying here that that is not the truth. And I think what he's really getting at here out of everything in these passages that we're reading today is that he wants our attention, that he wants our eyes on him, that it's not our good works, that it's not being good enough, that it's not any of these things. It's, it's putting our trust in him and him alone. And, and so when we come and we teach that, we're teaching the gospel, we're teaching the truth. And when somebody comes and teaches different than that, he's saying that they're a false prophet that they're a false teacher because there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way into a relationship with the Lord. There's only one way that produces the right kind of fruit, and it's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's by putting our trust and our hope in him and him alone. And he says, and how do we recognize whether or not somebody's a false prophet or not? And he says, by their fruit. By their fruit, as you look at the fruit of their lives, that that's how you can begin to recognize whether or not 
So are we producing the right kind of fruit? Is our life producing fruit is a question that we need to ask ourselves. But it gets a little even scarier here because we can go to this passage that we're about to read and we can let it scare us because it says this. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And I've heard again and again, right, that this is one of the scariest passages in Scripture because it's people who think that they're followers of God, who God says, I never knew you. I never knew you but let me break this down for you in a different way. Because what I don't want you to do is to leave here today and be unsure of your salvation. What I don't want to happen is for you to leave here and try to take it in your hands and try to work harder to earn your salvation because your salvation isn't earned as we've talked about. But what I believe Jesus is saying here is you remember the context. He's looking at the crowd and there's some religious leaders there. And those religious leaders believe they're affiliated with God, but they have no fruit. Their lives don't show it at all. Their hearts are very far from God. So he's communicating to them and he's saying, one day you're going to say, Lord, Lord, look at all the things I did for you. Look at all these things I accomplished, right? I served every Sunday. I did this and I did that and I did this. Look at all that I accomplished. And I'm going to say, I never knew you. And I think what God is trying to teach us here is he's trying to teach us once again that salvation doesn't come from the things that we do. It doesn't come from you being good enough through all the miracles that you perform by all the amazing things that you accomplish. It's not your resume that saves you. And and for many of us, I think we think that. Like we think we're going to show up to heaven and God's going to say, okay, well, why should I let you in? Well, here's my resume right? Here's all the nice things that I did. Here's all the ways that I was good. And friends, that doesn't get you into heaven. You can have the resume without ever knowing the Lord. You can have the good works without ever having a relationship with Jesus. You can have those things. And if you're waiting on your resume, right, to get you into heaven, you're not going to get there. You're not going to get there because all your resume is going to do is show your sin, is show your ability not to be able to walk into heaven because we can't do it apart from Jesus. So when we go to heaven, let's say that same scenario takes place and we walk into heaven and God says, hey, why should I let you in? You say, you shouldn't. I'm flawed. I'm messed up. And the only way that I can make it into heaven is because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross for me and I put my trust in him in him alone, that he covers and paid for my sins. And that's the only thing that can get me in here today. It's not my resume. It's not how good I am. It's not how perfect I am. It's not any of those things. It's my relationship with Jesus that gets me in today. And you put your trust completely in that. And so the, the, the Pharisees in that day, they had the resume mindset They had the mindset of, man, look at all the good things that I've did and I've given and I've fasted and I've done all these things and because of that, I should make it into heaven. And Jesus is looking at them here and he's saying, 
you're going to hear us say, Lord, Lord. You're going to say, Lord, Lord, but you're going to hear from me, I, I never knew you. I never knew you because it was never about you doing good works. It was about you having a relationship with me. So Jesus is calling us to a relationship with him. And yes, as I said, there will be good works that come because out of the overflow of your relationship with Jesus comes good works. It comes you being good to people. It comes you helping people. It comes. But that's not what saves you. That's not what makes you a Christian. It's Jesus that does all those things. He is the narrow road. He is the one that we should pursue. And so as we continue, he continues to hone in on this. So let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 25. He says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So what is he doing? He's giving us the two options again. Narrow road, wide road. Giving us the options. The tree that bears fruit and the tree that you're hanging lemons on. He's giving us options giving us options of a house that's going to be built on the rock or a house that's going to be built on sand. And it seems so easy. Of course I built it on the rock. Of course I should do that. But he's saying here that Jesus is the rock. He's the rock that you want to build your life on. He's the one that's going to help you to withstand storms and trials and issues that happen along the way. He's the one that is going to do that. But what do we do naturally as people? We build our house on things that aren't going to last. We built our house on money and we, we make our foundation like focused on complete money and, and all of a sudden what happens? We lose our job and then everything tanks and the foundation we built our whole life on is no longer there and we're reeling from that and wondering, man, how am I going to make it? How am I going to live? But when you build your life on Jesus, he doesn't shake. He doesn't shake. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard times doesn't mean that there's not going to be difficulties and death and different things that you're going to face along the way. But what it does mean is that he can withstand anything with you, that he can withstand the test of time, that he will continue to stand alongside of you when you make him your foundation. So make Jesus your foundation. Don't put anything else in that place. Don't put a person in that place. Don't put money in that place, whatever it is that idle thing in your life. Don't put anything in that place. Let Jesus be the rock of your life. Choose him to be the rock. Choose him to be the one that you build your life on. So he says, you build your house on the rock by doing what I've told you. Everything that we've taught in these messages, is you build your house on the rock by applying these teachings to your life by getting close to me, by making me the way, the truth, and the life, by pursuing me with everything that you have. And it says here that when Jesus had finished saying these things, that the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. That even in this moment, that the people who were listening could see the difference between him and the teachers of the law. They could see the fruit of Jesus' life. 
and they say, Jesus's way is better. And I'm telling you friends today, Jesus's way is always better. His way is always better. His way is the narrow way. It's a hard way, but it's always better than anything this world has to offer you. It's always better. And it's the road that leads to salvation. It's the road that leads to life. So let's choose him today. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.